Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And I have titled this episode, Instigating Insurrection, Mindscape Warfare, and the Push for World Government. Why? Well, we've got all kinds of different things happening, not only domestically, uh, but across the globe. It's happening inside of us as well. We touch on a lot of mental health stuff and interpersonal issues that a lot of people have to work through. But first, yep, my break was a little crazy. But I tell you what, I came back even more fired up than I ever for anything. I am more assured of my purpose, more assured of the work that we're doing, and more fired up than I can even explain to you guys. I'm like literally literally at the point where we're trying to focus as much as we can every single day to try to provide not only amazing content, but original, consistent, relevant stuff every single day. And I thank you guys for that. I really thank you guys for putting me to that cha- that type of challenge. We've been doing different types of mini-casts. I hope you guys check them out. The evil evolving and the developing new senses kind of go hand in hand uh, with a lot of what we'll be discussing in this actual this actual episode so i'll put the link for those in the description bar below so you can check it out i also hope that you will check out the uh debate between charles casson and uh jay of truth is our religion about flat earth very powerful stuff as well as the post-debate roundup that we had with them and with that being said let's start the show two weeks and a lot of stuff has piled up but at the same time has it really has it really no well I, I i would like to think so you know i'm able to see things in a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different angles uh one of the things we'll be getting into in depth about uh is uh alexandria ocasio-cortez's aoc's uh, Green New Deal. This is something that's literally picking up steam, and I, and I think it's imperative that we talk about it in the degree that we do. I'm always pulling out documents about things like Agenda 2030, talking about Agenda 21, uh, the technocracy that's forming in California, and now here we have someone basically brand spanking new, right? Just manufactured for the masses, coming through to tell you everything that you want to hear. And we got a lot of things going on. There's some there's some trouble brewing in Venezuela. Whoa. You know, realize we've been following this since like at least 2016, 2015. Uh, whenever they had their fingerprints for food program. You know, there's some stuff brewing in there. But it seems like these days we're talking about regime change. Looks like Donald Trump is trying to invade America or invade Venezuela. And that's crazy. It's, uh, it, it, it truly is. You have the Pope pushing for... Uh, sustainable development signing all kinds of treaties with other religions essentially trying to establish the one world religion jeff bezos is talking about a space plan backing up humanity's information so much stuff is going on it is crazy and let me tell you gang i missed you i hope you missed me we have a lot of things to break down in this edition but first i want to say real quick i hope you checked out that episode with uh jay and charles 
that being Jay of Truth is Our Religion and Charles of Truth is Terrorism. They had a fantastic discussion about Flat Earth. Afterwards, we had a post-roundup discussion about the debate where they each brought their viewing points to the table. Hopefully we see that happen again in the future. Uh, if you guys paid attention to what happened on social media during this time frame, it was a little chaotic. A lot of people had a lot of different responses about these types of things. Uh, personally, I think it's good that we have these kinds of things happen because people need to see uh, the viewer, the, the, the page owners. They need to see not only the page owners, uh, but also how passionate we get when, 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 when involved in this type of stuff. It's not simply sharing memes and uh, 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 doing stuff like that. It's much more than that. You really have to think about how many different people we affect every single day with every single post in all the different dimensions that we, that, we, that we operate in. And I don't mean that in a metaphysical way. I mean that in a digital way because we are on so many alternative platforms in such a specific niche of people. We truly are affecting them. Uh, but we'll be getting into that and more throughout this edition. I want to start off this episode putting New Mexico in a, in a good light. Apparently, we have sheriffs out here who are refusing to adhere to unconstitutional gun confiscation. Now, you may have heard me talk about this in the Instagram live uh, with, a f w with you guys a few times, but recently, uh, Michelle Luann Grisham has gotten into office, and one of the very first few things she did was she removed the National Guard from our border to put her, thumbs, uh, to, to put her nose up to Trump, and then after that, she began to sign in red flag gun laws. And now if people are curious as to what red flag gun laws are, let's just say somebody that doesn't like me decided to listen to my podcast and call the cops on me. I now have a red flag. They can now consider me a threat. Boom. And just like that, confiscate my guns. This uh, happened a few months back to somebody who got into a fight with their sister. Uh, she called the cops on him. Uh, he didn't know that they had come to confiscate his guns. He had pulled a firearm out. Cops killed him right there, still took his guns. But apparently, New Mexico sheriffs are saying, you know what, this is unconstitutional, we're not going to do that, because it is your right to bear arms. Second Amendment. Let's take a listen. And our top story, 29 sheriffs in New Mexico are banding together in opposition after new gun control bills were filed. Our big two's Caleb Califano had the chance to talk with the sheriff of Lee County about their stance. And he joins us live in the studio with more. Caleb? Michael, Sheriff Corey Heldon tells me these introduced bills affect the law-abiding citizens of New Mexico and overall, finally, the Constitution. New filed bills in New Mexico aren't sitting well with multiple sheriffs across the state. And that includes Lee County Sheriff Corey Helton. 29 sheriffs across the state think, uh, believe that they're overreaching and unconstitutional. While there are numerous bills, two that stick out are Senate Bill 8 and House Bill 83. The former focuses on background checks for firearm sales. The latter looks at red flag laws, which allow the seizure of firearms from people who are considered an imminent threat. The gun control controversy has returned after mass shootings in Parkland and Santa Fe. However, Sheriff Helton says the bills are looking past the true problem. It's mental health. There's no doubt about that. It all tugs at our heartstrings to see these shootings on, on, on the news every night. But you, you can't tackle or saddle these problems on the backs of the law-abiding citizens. Sheriff Helton believes that many Lee County citizens are also in support of the Second Amendment, whether on the right or the left. There's no splitting hairs in Lee County. They're all in or nothing. And, you know, this is an attack on the Constitution. You know, plain and simple. 
Republican says these introduced gun control bills are a trend that will continue just not in New Mexico, but all around the country. Live in the studio, Caleb Calfano, Big 2 News. Thanks, Caleb. And we'll be getting into, I'll play that clip for you guys next, of HR8, uh, 8, where they're talking about universal background checks. Uh, that was passed unilaterally. Well, not unilaterally, but uh, not many people opposed it. And basically what the universal background check is, for any gun sale, they're going to run like a federal background check on you. I know that kind of sounds wild. You're thinking, oh, well, what's, what's the need for that? Well, you, you, you've got to think about the formula, how this has always played out in history. First comes registration, then comes confiscation, then comes extermination or termination, however you want to look at it. Uh, but, yeah, recently they passed H.R. 8, and I'm going to play for you guys a quick clip of, uh, I, I, forget the, uh, I forget the woman's name, but she's basically standing in Congress in support of H.R. 8, and then I'll talk about that after this. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I rise in this chamber today in support of H.R. 8. Americans have been waiting for Congress to catch up to them. It isn't often that we hear that 70, 80, 90 percent of Americans agree on something. But when it comes to universal background checks, 97 percent of Americans think it's a good idea. In my own district, Thank you, I've Mr. seen that unity. After Parkland, we had 13,000 people in Morristown, New Jersey at the student-led March for Our Lives. They demanded gun safety legislation. And after the horrific shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue, members of the community came together to denounce gun violence. The 11th District of New Jersey understands universal background checks are a responsible way to address the gun violence epidemic in this country. It is a way to keep our communities safe. And here in New Jersey, we know that successful, responsible gun ownership looks a lot like the legislation we have on the books. We have good gun safety laws, but they are constantly undermined by states with weak gun safety laws. As a federal prosecutor, I worked on cases where we traced illegal guns to neighboring states with weak gun safety laws. That's why it's so important that we have stronger federal safety laws. Gun violence is a national problem and it deserves a national response. Mr. Speaker, I grew up in a culture of gun safety. My father is a hunter and he taught me to shoot. I went on to serve in the United States Navy, and I was qualified as an expert shot in the M16, the Colt 45, and the 9mm Beretta. And I am joined today by fellow freshman veteran, Ms., uh, the gentlewoman from Pennsylvania, and we have been trained and know the power of these weapons and the damage that they can do. Universal background checks are an easy step that we can take to improve gun safety in this country. And there you have it. They are unilaterally trying to have, uh, as they said before, background checks. Let me get into this article. It's from uh, Freedom Outpost by Tim Brown. Uh, we put this up February 27th. It says, House passes unconstitutional bill requiring universal background checks on all gun sales. We were warned that anti-American gun confiscation politicians in the House of Representatives were going to attack the Second Amendment this year. But not only are they doing that, but in the same measure, they are attacking the First Amendment, whereby you must prove your innocence before exercising your right to keep and bear arms. The House passed its unconstitutional legislation, which would mandate a federal criminal background check for every gun sale, including private transactions. The House passed, quote, Bipartisan Background Checks Act, H.R. 8, on a 240 over 200 uh, over 90 vote and i want to say this real quick because this is the plan this is the long-term plan uh they want to use the first amendment to get rid of the second amendment and let me explain let me elaborate on that 
uh, individuals who would they who they would consider fringe, who they would consider. Uh, uh, you see this happening with the conservatives, um, and you know, I suppose radical leftists and all these other people. But basically, people who are patriotic or and for America, they're going to use that free speech to take away your guns. You see what I'm saying? It's as if you say anti-government statements or anything that's not basically establishment politics or or the, or the party line. Uh, they will now deem you mentally unfit. You will have some kind of mental issue. Well, we've, we've talked about this before. ODD, Opposition Defiant Disorder, uh, something to where they can categorize you as a threat, put you underneath that category, and then boom, just like that, you no longer have your right to speech, you know, operating on, face, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, social media. Uh, and on top of that, you're no, long, you're no longer able to defend yourself, you see. You see how that works? They use the First Amendment to get rid of the Second Amendment. And that's the craziness about it. So I just wanted to say that real quick, but let me continue on with this article. It says the bill was put together by two men known for their unconstitutional behavior in the past. Representative Mac, Mike, or Mike Thompson, a Democrat of California, and Pete King, a, rep- a Republican from New York. Quote, gun violence is a true national emergency, said Thompson, who noted that he's an avid hunter. Quote, if this bill did anything to erode gun rights, I wouldn't support it and, I ha- and not have my name on it yet. It does, and Fifth Amendment rights, but he still puts his name on it. By the way, this has nothing to do with hunting, and these people know it. Of course, while we were given these stories about how legislation will stop crimes committed with guns, including mass shootings, House Minority Whip Steve Scalise, you know, the one that was shot, who was almost killed in 2017 when a Bernie Sanders supporter opened fire targeting GOP representatives at a congressional baseball practice, says it wouldn't have stopped them. So basically what they're saying is this is only going to affect law-abiding citizens. And the reason I say this is because at the time, and we'll get into this in the same segment, aren't we shipping weapons to Venezuela? Hasn't it come out in the news that we've armed al-Qaeda and ISIS? Oh, 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 but excuse us, Americans, America, you're not allowed to have guns. You're not allowed to protect yourselves. You see? And anyone that does have a firearm, they they will be considered criminal. You see how it's either you obey the law or you're a, or you're a criminal right off the bat the legalese that these people are playing and let me get into this i want to i want to switch gears real quick to the next article right, to kind of illustrate where things are at and the mindset that's kind of being propagated out there uh, one of basically like subservience but check this out right here florida school arms up hires two former combat veterans to prevent mass shootings we put this up february 12th it's by tyler durden of the zero hedge and basically the manatee school of arts in florida has hired two combat veterans. You remember that with the whole Parkland, Florida shooting? Remember whenever they were thinking about arming teachers? They gave uh, uh, school resource officers assault rifles. Well, the, you know, the, this, this school of arts took it a step even further. They were like, let's just get, let's just get a, a former infantryman from the U.S. Army, you know, who's, who's been in tours of Iraq and Afghanistan, and let's just get him patrolling these halls. So that if anybody does try anything, we're, we got him. We're prepared. Let's take a listen. Yeah, so tell me about like, you know, how you did tours overseas and now you're guarding a school. What's the difference? How do you keep your um, focus? Oh, it's really hard to um, compare. It's like compared to different things. Um, so I try not to. So, um, but here I stay busy. I walk around a lot. I walk around anywhere from eight to nine miles a day. And, um, you know, I try to stay um, active by, you know, I walk around, I talk to people. 
basically what I do. What sort of reaction have you gotten to your gun you carry? So far it's been about 90% all good. Now you have few here and there that um, they kind of don't agree, but I would say 90% of the reaction have been like great. And what do the people who don't like it say? Well, I'm not saying people don't like it, just that some, you know, some people react a little bit differently, you know, they, I'm guessing, or scared. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so tell me about, uh, you know, how... I'd say it's a little bit of fear, for sure, and confusion. You know, you're, you're in a school, you're not out there at boot camp. You're not out there operating, you're not out there in the field. You're there to get an education. Why is this guy walking around with a nine with a nine millimeter Glock 19X and a Caltech bullpup rifle? What's that about? In a school, a school of arts. So basically, what they're trying to do is is is, is condition you, desensitize you to not only seeing uh, warfare, authority, uh, 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 but this school to prison pipeline that we talk about a lot of the times they're starting early with the kids they're trying to disarm the parents you know they're disenfranchising the the the, the working class and then they're saying you know what let's just give all the power to our to our protective class to our guard status to our knights of america's empire you see and like i said before the new mexico governor or the new mexico uh, uh governor yeah she removed the National Guard from the border, following, and, 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 you, and you know who thought that was a good idea as well? You know, we got all this stuff happening over there on the border. California. California was like, that's a good idea, Michelle. So Gavin Newsom was like, that's your, I like where your head's at. Let me go ahead and take this off. We're going to take the board, we're going to take the troops off the border. We don't need that there. And you've got to understand, because we are a border state, I, I see things differently. You, you see what I'm saying? They're trying to take the guns away from the people here. Let all these other people in from foreign countries, let them have as many different rights as they can before they have to clamp down on the actual rights that they're given being here in America. You see. And if anybody here tries to stop it, oh, well, they're considered a, a racist, a bigot, a xenophobe, or something else. Insert derogatory term here. It's like, no, we're looking at the long-term effects of this. That's all we're doing. So when I'm saying instigating insurrection, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're taking the guns from the people, giving them to the officers. And this has happened in California. I remember covering this like, 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 like last year. How there's like a secret, there's like a special team of people out there in California, a special sect of police officers who go around, who check on you, basically. But now they're coming right there out in the open saying, you know what? Yep, we're coming for your guns. For the longest time, we heard them say, oh, no, we're not coming for your guns. Nobody's coming for your guns. It was like Pennsylvania, California, Hawaii, and a few other places right off the bat were like, nope, we're coming for your guns. And then you had people say, no, this still isn't happening. And then here we are, literally signing bills. Give it, give it, give it time. We're only in February, about to be into March. There may not be mass shootings, but there will be false flag staged events to try to push this out there. To say, hey, look, look at what happened. This is why we did this. We're looking out for you. We're looking out for you. Now, let me let me go ahead and uh, let me <laughs> this big brother Americana aspect of us to where we 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 say under the guise of humanitarianism that we care for you, that we we want to protect you. We have your best interests at heart.
Why doesn't that? Why why does no one ever believe that? Because they understand now that America comes with ties. That America is a little bit of a we're not little. We're very shady. We have our own. We have our own special way of dealing with things. And so uh, this is how I want to pivot. See what's happening here in America. They're bringing everyone here. They're 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 they're. Uh, disenfranchising us. They're telling us you're not allowed to have anything that reminds you of uh, of America, of individualism, of being protected. You see. And so with that being said, check this out. Well, because I think this is just, this is this is crazy to me. And we'll get into this more, but right here. Should America be involved in regime change in Venezuela? I don't think so. You know, and this is what we were talking about beforehand, before we started getting into this. Do we even have the time and the resources to be devo- to, to be devoting something like this, to be devoted to something like this? Check this out. Should America be involved in regime change in Venezuela? Things in Venezuela are quickly escalating. Food trumps are being, are being bombed. Starving citizens. Military denouncing Maduro. Weapons being shipped in. Foreign countries getting involved. Everyone knows America's help comes at a price. And sometimes our humanitarian aid is just... Assault rifles under the shipment of MREs. And if people who don't know what MREs are, those are meals ready to eat. The people have tried voting Maduro out, yet he continues to remain in power. And it's that level of egotistical control which has left the Venezuelan people to suffer. A once rich country with beautiful scenery, vast resources, and a vibrant economy has now become a den of disaster. We've been following the conditions of Venezuela since before they instituted their fingerprints for food program. And I'm going to try to pull that up while we have time. Uh, But should we, and this is the question that I asked you, the audience, should we leave Venezuela, Venezuelans to deal with their own problem? Or has this become a humanitarian crisis, which involves other nations? Now you have Russia, China, and Iran all beginning to position themselves in advocacy of Venezuela. Vice President Mike Pence has openly endorsed and advocated for a coup, hoping to install their own candidate, their so-called interim president, Juan Guaido. Whatever is happening in, in, in Venezuela is unraveling fast. And with as many wars as America is currently involved in, I don't think starting another would be beneficial for the, quote, America first agenda. We're becoming an empire where all we have is enemies. And so then I ask you, the, the, the audience, you know, what you think should we get involved? Should we let the people of Venezuela starve, intervene? Should we deliver some food and supplies? Are we preparing for a proxy war with Russia and China? You see, and all of these things are long-term issues that I don't think a lot of people are taking the time to look at. You see, this is something that I think a lot of people really need to take a step back uh, and look at. Let's travel back in time real quick. Check this out. Venezuelan government mandates fingerprint biometrics for food. This was put up May 25th of 2016. It's from Ricky Scaparo of End Times Headline. Think think, think about this. These are time-traveling hashtags. One hashtag is able to take us all the way back to 2016. That's crazy. Right here you're seeing middle class and regular people just pulling over to join in the ambush and looting of a grocery truck. Uh, this happened. No. Well, 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 that figures what it's doing. Uh, ironically enough, before coming on to the show with you good people, 
uh, I had put up an article uh, literally with the same type of situation to where more like more foods being bombed, more foods being manipulated. Like they're, they're, they're killing the people of Venezuela. They're doing like a, they're doing economic warfare. You know, we, we, we could talk about the hyperinflationary collapse where like a, a burger costs like three hundred dollars. People are people. There's 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 no jobs there. We've talked about this before. Military was being paid in like toilet paper and water, like basic utilities, because that's how dire the strains are there. You have people, as I said before, military disavowing uh, 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 Maduro, saying, you know what, denouncing Maduro, saying, you know what, we're no longer going to serve him. And what's even more wild, I kind of just want to point this out, because, you know, because this is this is all happening so fast. It's, it, it, it truly does remind me of something out of, like, Hunger Games. Uh, I remember being on Juan Guaido's Instagram and looking at some of the footage, and it's like, it's like a movie. It's like they're literally producing a coup. They're showing you, starring Donald Trump and, 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 and uh, Mike Pence, they're showing you how to, make a, how to make a coup in Venezuela. It's crazy. If you guys get some time, check that out. Go look at, uh, go look at some of the, 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 the clips of, of Juan just going through the area. You know, he's got that same kind of quaff, uh, 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 preppy, uh, clean-cut feel that Obama has to where he's, he's, he's manufactured, to where it's like this is not somebody that I would follow. They're, they're, they look too clean, you see. And personally, as I said before, I don't think America should be involved in, in any more wars. Some of the kids that are in Afghanistan, they were literally born after we started the war, after 2001. Think about that. We've been at war for like 18 years, and now we're over here about to go kick around in Venezuela with starving people? And then the Syrian refugees that are still coming here, that, we're, that we love not to talk about, that are in cages. You, like, I hope I'm painting this picture for you guys, that we just seem to somehow destroy countries and then take in the refugees, and then when they get here, we're upset that, that their country's destroyed, even though we had like a hand in it. And that's what I mean by like this, this weird psychosis. I'm trying to pull up this clip for you guys. That's what I mean by this weird psychosis to where we ignore these problems. But check this out, because this is, again, another incident literally of the same thing, fingerprints for food, the management of resources, things like that, controlling the population. That's fit, that's, that was March in 2016. We are now here in February of 2019. This is an article by Elias Murat of the Minds Unleashed. It says, Venezuelan opposition accused of torching warehouse storing humanitarian aid from Mexico. Let's take a listen. turn that off but for our audio listeners basically what we're hearing right now and what what's being played for you uh is is that a massive compound with storage containers basically set ablaze you've got uh, uh fire trucks and all kinds of emts in the area black plumes of smoke billowing into the sky they put this up february 28th it says venezuelan authorities have accused the country's opposition of starting a fire at a warehouse in the port city of laguaria in the state of Vargas, which was storing vital aid from Mexico that arrived just days earlier. 
The fire broke out early Wednesday morning before firefighters extinguished a blaze. Government officials described the incident as a result of terrorism by opposition members. The blaze ripped through facilities belonging to the local committees for, supp for supply and production. The CLAP, uh, the, program supply, the program responsible for distributing subsidized food in Venezuela, quote, we have no doubt that these are the acts committed by terrorists. These are the criminal minds or the criminal hands that encroach on the food of our people. Vargas State Governor Garcia Carcinero told reporters at a press conference, noting that investigators are still working to pinpoint the exact cause of the fire. The warehouse affected was storing food aid that had been delivered from Mexico just days before, including basic, sta basic staples as pasta, flour, milk, and lentils. The country has been, cop is, has been coping with humanitarian aid or hum humanitarian impact of a bruising U.S.-led uh, economic war. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right there because basically... You know, this is this is gonna this is rapidly escalating, quickly escalating to a point of where uh, it's going to be no return. As I said before, how do we know this isn't a proxy war with China, with Russia? Uh, everything that we saw in Syria, you know, you have you have all kinds of socialists and communists who are saying, well, we need to take care of these people. I'm saying that you know this is this is going to be one of the straws that breaks the camel's back. That's just my opinion. This has been a powder keg event that has been building up over the years. And it is about to explode in our faces. Continuing on, it says Vice President Delcy Rodriguez told, took to social media to denounce the act, tweeting, quote, This morning, the extremist right set fire to, to a clap packaging center. That is humanitarian aid they want for the people. Violence and destruction. President Nicolas Maduro has already given instructions to immediately replenish the food for the people. Venezuela will win. The fire broke out mere days after opposition led by self-declared interim president Juan Guaido attempted to infiltrate Venezuela's border with alleged USA trucks from Brazil and Colombia, whose right-wing governments have, have, have strongly backed Washington's campaign to topple the country's elected president. And for people that don't know, we played uh, last week, we played the clip for you of where Nicolas Maduro was basically pleading with the world, saying, look, tell Donald Trump to stop. He's going to come up over here in Venezuela and take my gold. He's going to start taking my oil. He's going to start taking my resources. And is he wrong? Because this is the formula of America. This is what we do. We run up in places. We install our own leaders, destroy all of the previous administration, and then we deliver democracy, basically. That's how it works, or at least that's what America ends up doing. And this isn't a good thing is what I'm trying to tell you. This is the pattern that's been developed, you see. But do we need to be in these types of wars? Do, should America be involved in this type of stuff? I'm going to put the, uh, the question of the day link in the, uh, the episode article title or in the episode article on our website so you guys can go look at some of the responses because you guys always have uh, fantastic responses, but think about that as we're going to break. Should America be involved in regime change in in Venezuela? I definitely would disagree, and I think others would as well. Uh, but if you guys want to answer that question and look at some of the other uh, responses that people have done, take the time, look at the link in the description bar below, and do so. But what's going to happen is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about this whole mindscape warfare thing. The World Health Organization saying the anti-vaxxers are the top global threat for 2019. YouTube pulling ad revenue for anti-vaccine videos, uh, censoring conservative content, uh, this whole Momo challenge, like all the other crazy stuff that's going on. 
that really begins to show that if people do not take back their their health, if they do not take back their mind, they will be subject to so much manipulation as we already are. And this is why I tell you good people to stay vigilant. But here's what's going to happen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant.
Hey. That's right. We're back. We are back. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being here. You know, what's crazy, and I'm, I'm going to say this, and then we'll jump into all this stuff. It's crazy because, you know, during this two-week break, I learned so much about my family history uh, and some stuff that I didn't even know. You know, I'll give you guys a short and skinny of it. Uh, I found out that every, that basically a lot of people within my family have joined the military and have fought, like, basically communists and socialists. And they see this stuff, like, literally building up here. And they're getting worried. Some of them are saying, you know what, I want out. I want, I want out. Uh, and, and, you know, I, as, as I said before, my father recently had to bury his, 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 his baby sister. Um, and that was a very, very, very crazy moment for everybody involved. Uh, but her last final beautiful act was pulling everybody together so that they could remember that they're still family. Like, you got to think about that. Even, even the ability to pull us all together, stop us from whatever we're doing, and remember that we're part of something greater. That's her last final act. That's a beautiful thing. She was a beautiful woman, taken way before her time. And when my father came back, you know, I remember picking him up from the airport, and we were just having conversations because, you know, he's hanging out with all, the, all of his family, all of his, his, his high school buddies. He's all giddy, all excited. Hey, you know, he's saying, I just, he's saying he wants to do things differently. You know, that really was a wake-up call to him. And I'm like, well, what you talking about, Pop? Educate me. He says, you know, for all, with, with all the bumps and bruises this country's got, I love it. I love it. And I'm just, I'm trying to give you guys a short and skinny because this is something that happened to me. And I'm trying to tell you why it's important to think about these things. Think about where you came from, what your family's doing, why they did it, why you are the reason you are, period, and all of this. You know, and you've heard me talk about this on the show with various guests. My people have been here. Before before they were slaves. I'm fourth generation free, but we were here even before that. And so when my dad's saying, you know, I love this country for all his bumps and bruises, telling me some other stuff that I can't mention on air, I wanted to shed a red, white, and blue tear. Yes. Now you're asking, well, why, did you, why, why are you saying this now, EJ? You just talk crap about America invading uh, Venezuela. You're right. I did just talk crap about America invading Venezuela. You see, because somewhere along the lines, people, we keep doing this. We just keep uh, uh, attaching stuff and not thinking, okay? I'm allowed to love my country and hate my government. You see what I'm saying? I'm allowed to love my country and hate my president. I'm allowed to love my country and hate my, and love my president. Whenever I tell you guys this stuff, it's because I like the ability of even being able to have this kind of freedom. To have this ideology, to have this kind of history. And a lot of people don't get what that means. And that's okay. The few of you that do understand that, that do understand that tier that's red, white, and blue, you hear me. For everybody else that doesn't, you need to understand why, why this land is so great. Why we have to be brave. Why we have to have that rugged individualism. Why we're supposed to be the, 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 the epicenter of renaissance, of growth. Yes, we're becoming an empire, but that's because of the people. We're, 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 we're becoming decadent. The government is not representing its people. Like this is a, it, it, 
This is a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day. But I just wanted to lead in with that so that you guys understand, uh, uh, understand what's really happening. They're trying to destroy. They're, they're trying to destroy a lot of different things: independent thought, uh, history, nationality, culture. You know, they're really, really working really hard to manipulate a lot of different things, and that's why I'm titling this segment uh, "Mindscape Warfare." Is because you know, let's let's go ahead and start this off, right? Now, let me pull this article up for you for you guys. Apparently, and this just goes to show. Uh, not how not how far down the rabbit hole we are, but just the mindset of those that are in control, or at least the mindset of those that that would that would seek to have uh, unilateral dominance over ourselves, over what we eat, over what what we say, how we feel, and things like that, like what we're able to put into our body. Uh, and, and I remember the first time that this started to click in my head was whenever we had Billy Carson of Forbidden Knowledge on, and when he said taking your health back is a, re- is a revolutionary act. And for people who, who, who have been following along as we've, as we've grown since then, you have seen us have on uh, 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 health formulators, uh, people that write health protocols, vegans, uh, uh, health enthusiasts, health advocates, to really like, you know, think about this, really, really think about this, right? But now... And this is this is how you know uh, something like this is important, or at least that this has a, a a a a another dimension to it. Now you have the World Health Organization saying that anti-vaxxers are among the top threats, the top threats to global health. And I say global health because that's important. Uh, global health in 2019. Let me get into this article. For some reason, it's not. Uh, not want to load, but uh, we'll we'll go ahead and get it up for you guys anyway, uh, right here. And this is from Sign of the Times. Uh, we put this up February 11th. It says anti-vaxxers have been named as one of the top threats of global to global health in 2019 by the World Health Organization. Now, a few things I want to look at real quick. Uh, right before Obama left office, he signed this thing called the Global Health Security Agenda or the Global Health Security Act to where he was basically trying to mandate vaccines. With this right here, with the anti- with, with, with anti-vaxxers being listed as a threat, you're now seeing them say that we need to mandate vaccines. You'll see them say, uh, you'll, 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 they'll be called compulsory immunizations. Um, there is, I forgot to, I didn't get around to putting putting this out there. I wish I had like a, a writer that could write us like a legit article, but somebody sent me a message of when they went to the doctors, they got a checkup for something else. And the doctor asked, well, do you want a flu shot too? They said, no. So the doctor says, okay, hands them a little pamphlet. And on the pamphlet, it says, why not? Why don't you want to get a flu shot? And then it has like three different lists or three, diff- three different categories. And I think like a little custom spot on the bottom where you can write your own comment. But it's to the point now to where you can't even say no without getting some kind of without getting some kind of response, without having to fill out some kind of paperwork or something that that that, that documents as to why you specifically have objections. Towards the start, I think towards the end of 2018, it's like in December. It's either it's I think it's in Connecticut, right? Uh, they they wanted to make it mandatory for children to take vaccines before they started school. And in California, they've already done it with SB 277 and SB 279. 
mandatory vaccines for children in preschool. Whenever you are not able to take, whenever you are not able to 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 have uh, 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 sovereignty over your own body, sovereignty over your individuality, over your identity, you're a slave. When these people try to push this type of stuff on you, what they're basically trying to say is, you will take the shot, you will take the mark of the beast, you will take whatever we want. You do not have control over your body. We are going to forcibly inject these types of things into you. And you'll have people say, oh, well, why don't you just get the vaccines? Because you're more, like, think about this. You are 600% more likely to be infected by whatever it is is going around, the flu, the measles, whatever, by people that have the flu shot than people that don't. So think about that. I'm more susceptible to catching the flu from people who have the flu shot rather than me just not having the flu shot and being all right. But let me get into this article. This is from uh, Sign of the Times. We put this up February 11th. It says the World Health Organization declares anti-vaxxers among the top threats to global health in 2019. The anti-vaccine movement joined air pollution and climate change, HIV, and worldwide influenza pandemic on the list released on Monday. Vaccine hesitancy, as the WHO calls it, uh, threats to reverse progress made in tackling vaccine-preventable diseases. The organization added in its statement, vaccination is one of the most cost-effective ways of avoiding disease. It currently prevents 2 to 3 million deaths a year, and a further 1.5 million could be avoided if global coverage of vaccines approved. You know who wants vaccines? You know who wants you to want vaccines? Bill Gates. I think you should just keep that in mind. The same man that's literally over there pumping Ebola virus into Africa. Oh, but he wants you to have vaccines. Continuing on, it says a report released last year from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, found that the numbers of unvaccinated children up to 35 months old increased fourfold between 2001 and 2015. There are several reasons why people are reluctant or refuse to be immunized despite readily available vaccines. A vaccine advisory group to the WHO listed uh, some of the reasons as, com- as complacency, difficulty accessing vaccines, and lack of confidence. I'm going to stop right there. They should also put what is inside of the vaccine inserts. They are recommending untested, unregulated vaccines on pregnant women, and you want me to inject this into my child? At 35 35 months? Continuing on, it says there are 18 U.S. states that allow non-medical vaccine exemptions due to conscientious conscientious objector or philosophical slash personal beliefs. That's what I that's that's where we need to pay attention to, uh, to be honest. And that's I think um, I think that's uh, what Christy Scarborough's attorney, T. Matthew Phillips, uh, may have been involved in out there in California is helping people get their vaccine exemptions uh, so that they don't have to have these these vaccines because it's important. Oh, uh, you know, like, oh, oh, man, you know, let me let me let me explain to this and then I'll get in this article. This is just so crazy. Of, of, of just like all this stuff, right? So I know of, I know an occupational therapist, right? One of her patients uh, is autistic. One of her clients is autistic. He went in there recently for another shot. Apparently the child was having a bad reaction to the shot. They gave him some kind of pharmaceutical. That child has basically been in a medically induced coma for, he was in a medically induced coma for like a week. And I don't know the status of the child now, but this is classic 
This is this happens all the time. There's a shot, adverse reaction. They give them a Tylenol, an Advil, ibuprofen, or something to help numb the pain. The child just goes into some kind of just state of catatonic something, man. And it's and it's and it's and it's it's it really is an epidemic. So children not parents not wanting to have their children vaccinated. That's a very real thing. That's why we had uh, Jesse of Vegan Takeover on to talk about that to say, hey man, props to you for not having that happen. And that's what they do. They try to pressure you. As I said before with the story of the lady who went to get a checkup and tried to get a vaccine, but just because she said no, they wanted to know why. Medical freedom is a real thing. That's what I'm saying. Taking your health back is a revolutionary act. Continuing on, it says, uh, it says a survey from May 2018 found that support for vac- vaccinations among Americans have fallen 10% in the last 10 years. About 70% said common vaccines, such, for, such as for polio or measles, are very important, found the poll from Research America and the American for Society for Microbiology. This is down from 80% who gave the same answer in November 2008. According to the CDC, more than 90% of children under the age of three have been vaccinated for polio, MMR, uh, hepatitis B, and chickenpox. And more than 80% have received hemophilus, influenza, diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, pneumococcal infection uh, vaccines. However, mounting distrust has led some parents to not immunize their children, in turn leading to outbreaks of disease, diseases not, not, not seen in years, such as measles, whooping coughs, and mumps. So basically what they're saying is because one kid's not getting his vaccine shots, there's an outbreak because there's probably maybe five or ten people that don't want to get like a vaccine or don't want to, you know, get the shot. There's an outbreak. These kids that are saying, you know what, they're 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 being conscientious, conscientious objectors. Nope. You're patient zero. You're the sickness. You're the problem. Think about that. Like, like think about that. They're saying, you know what, you, you're not following us. You're part of the problem. And now you have YouTube beginning to shut down revenue for anti-vaccine videos. That's right. They're saying, you know what, we see people, we see people, uh, 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 this is trending. People are being informed about this. They're uh, they're going to release uh, their Vax 2 documentary. I see it pop up on the top of Brighteon because people have seen Vaxxed 1 and they've seen uh, uh, Robert De Niro's involvement in that and how, you know, what's going on with vaccines is, is, is a very real thing. On my way from South Carolina to New Mexico, I was driving through Texas. I saw, I think it was an Amarillo, a billboard. And it said vaccines cause autism. I didn't get time to snap a picture, but I snapped a mental snapshot. You just heard it right there because this is becoming increasingly important. Think about how much money and influence. And I think I played the clip for you guys. Think about how much money and influence big pharma has that the medical industry has in America more than oil, more than weapons manufacturers. So they're going to be they're They're going to find ways to push this stuff onto you and they're going to figure out ways to write the propaganda to make it seem as if you were the issue. You taking you, you, and this is another thing that people never really talk about regarding vaccines. And then I need to move on because, for the sake of time, we shouldn't we shouldn't be staying stuck on this. We 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 
people never talk about the environment. They never talk about well, why are our immune systems degrading or, or uh, depreciating. No one ever talks about that. All they really say is get your flu shot. That's dangerous. Um, and this ties into what I was basically saying before, everything I was saying before with YouTube censoring conservative content, not recommending conspiracy v- videos. You see them uh, assaulting alternative thought processes. You see them clamping down. This is the, this is this is the byproduct of censorship. This is the whole point of it. Is 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 information control, mental manipulation, societal engineering, social engineering, things of this nature. This is why they don't want us to question things, larger events that have taken place. You see, that's why they have AI or writing stories, replacing journalists, saying what Big Brother wants them to say. Vaccines are good. GMOs are good. Real meat is bad. Two plus two equals five. The, the, the sun is blue and the sky is yellow. Exactly. Now, continuing on. Let, let, let's, let's, I want to talk about this too. Let's continue on. Now we're talking about health, the mindscape warfare, how they're trying to play you over yourself where you don't really think about what's going on. Now, and I, I, I think this is crazy, now you have kids, and we already we're already doing this. You have kids taking orders from their phones. Uh, you have people, and we've we've said this before. This is the social engineering aspect, where you look at your phone, you get triggered, or you get activated, and then you know, you 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 either spout off talking points from another person, uh, or you just regurgitate information. This is how people are programming themselves. Uh, they're and how this connects with the anti-vaccines, the conservative videos. Uh, uh, left videos, conspiracy videos, any of that type of stuff, conform. They want you to conform. They don't want you to think. They want you to be able to receive orders and go about your life or go about their, their, the, the operation. There's a challenge going around called the Momo Challenge. I, I, I didn't know this. I had, seen the cre- I had seen the creature. You know, the thing looks strange, but there's this thing called Momo, and apparently it's, it's, it's telling kids to hurt themselves. It's telling them to, to do all kinds of Really weird stuff, um, and the reason I want to point this out, we might we might pick this up in a a a, a cult world series, uh, but the reason I want to point this out is because we've been doing a lot of discussing of of mental health, uh, spirituality, emotional strength, and things of this nature. Kids today they're bullied, uh, they're antisocial, they're not they're 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 depressed. They're not in the right state of mind. Uh, they're seeking compassion. They're seeking authenticity. They're seeking answers. They're seeking truth. That's what they're seeking. And well, not really in in, in this pers- in this specific incident, they're not really looking for truth. They're looking for entertainment. They're looking for something to make them feel. But now you have this thing called the Momo Challenge, where kids are 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 willingly allowing themselves to be programmed by basically some 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 AI program uh something else but with that being said let me play for you guys this clip of the Momo challenge 
Today, people across the world are spreading awareness for World Suicide Prevention Day. Well, right here in Colorado, parents are warning each other about a new game targeting people with suicidal tendencies. And Denver 7's Connor West joins us to explain what this disturbing Momo challenge is. Yes, it is a very strange name, but it is very disturbing and it's important to talk about. So this challenge involves people taking commands from unknown numbers in social media accounts for 50 days. And the part that's extremely concerning is the dangerous tasks that the so-called Momo character is asking players to perform. The Momo challenge passes itself off as a game, but it is certainly not that. It's creating a situation where they're contemplating very dangerous situations for themselves. Here's the first clue for parents to be concerned with. The image of this Japanese statue of a woman with bulging eyes and scary features. Here's how this dangerous challenge goes. Users start communicating with Momo on Facebook or WhatsApp, a free messaging service. They're given a series of tasks to finally meet the Momo. And those tasks start off small, but then escalate quickly to violent acts with photos for proof. The Momo intimidates and threatens those who don't follow its instructions. And the final challenge can be anywhere from harming to killing yourself. Local schools, including American Academy and Parker, recently sent out emails to parents, warning them of the challenges they are most concerned about, Momo being one of them. Because there's something new every day that we have to watch for and make sure everybody understands the repercussions behind most of these challenges. Law enforcement agencies have put out warnings about the Momo challenge. The game is reportedly being played in the United States and around the world. The challenge first came to light after being linked to the suicide of a 12-year-old girl in Argentina. She left behind a video on her phone of the tasks she took before her death. There haven't been any reported deaths from the Momo challenge in the U.S. so far. Technology experts say this is an opportunity for parents to remind their kids not to trust unknown numbers and to not click on unidentified links. Experts also encourage you to change email and social media passwords very frequently and block unknown numbers inviting you to play right away. In studio, I'm Connor West, Denver 7. Thanks, Connor. I think that's a very, well, it's 2019. I'd say that's a weird uh, name for a chick, but hey, anyway, so this Momo challenge, right? Taking commands for 50 days from random accounts and numbers on Facebook and WhatsApp. That's crazy. Uh, and, you know, I get it. Is it I, I, I suppose I get it. I'm not really sure. I wouldn't do it. I don't get it in that aspect. But it's like a game where you're taking care of various tasks and you take a picture to confirm. But you see, that's how that's where people are at. In order for smart technology to work, they have to dumb people down. You have kids, like the, the same way I said that we have children who are uh, born after we've started this war, serving in the war now. You have kids who have grown up online. You have kids who are disassociated from reality. You have kids who have these mental health issues. That's why suicide awareness is a real thing. You see, these kids don't have things, they, they really don't have a lot of stuff to live for, and it's very hard to find hope. But you can find hope in the, in, in, the, in the darkest of places. You truly can. But to, to, to speak on this real quick, this Momo challenge, the idea that they literally have kids out here killing themselves, uh, following orders from some unknown account. That's a, uh, the, think about the mindset of that. That's either A, a person, or B, a program. And then C, a person who wrote the program. Like that, that's a mindset. That's an energy. That's a frequency to continually do 
uh, 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 detrimental things, controversial things that, that only bring you trauma and drama. Now, there was only one recorded account of that. But how many people are immersed at just certain levels of that, enjoying the debasement, enjoying the debauchery, you see? And since we're talking about mental health, I put this up because I wanted to kind of get this into the air or get this into the the, the episode uh, while we were talking about it, mental health and things like this. This is put up from the Drudge Report feed. It says depression, self-harm are on the rise among millennials. And I talked about this before. Uh, I'm not sure if it's at the start of the year or at the end of uh, 2018, but there's between the pharmaceuticals, the culture, society, depression and self-harm. Yeah. You have, I'm, I'm sure we all know somebody that is, that is, that is eating pharmaceuticals like they're like they're Pez or like they're, 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 they're uh, Skittles or something like that. And the depression comes from not getting enough sunlight, not getting enough social interaction, not getting enough, uh, 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 of you time. A lot of people spend, a, I, I, you know, I've talked about this before. A lot of people spend a lot of time on their phone, at least like a quarter of their day on their phone. And what are they consuming? Is it memes? Is it knowledge? Is it wisdom? Is it stuff that they're actually going to participate in in real life? Is it something that's beneficial? You see, and this is these are all different factors that a lot of people don't think about. So when we're talking about depression and self harm being on the rise, yeah, you couple that with you couple that with all the drugs people are doing, the lifestyles and how we just encourage it, the degradation, the decadence. Yes, people are not all right. I'll keep it real. People are not all right. Let's get into this article. It says, new research conducted by the University of Liverpool and the University of Col- University College London has found that young people today are more likely to be depressed and to self-harm than they were 10 years ago. But antisocial behavior and substance abuse, often thought to go hand-in-hand with mental ill health, are in decline. Instead, the study published in the International Journey of Epidemiology found poor sleep, obesity, and poor body images are becoming more common, suggesting the risk factors associated with mental health might be changing. The research, the researchers, ana, anal, uh, the researchers analyzed data from two cohorts of millennials born a decade apart. The younger group was made up of about more than eleven hundred or eleven thousand fourteen-year-olds born across the UK in two thousand and two thousand one, who were being followed by the Millennium Cohort Study. The older group consists of just over fifty-six hundred fourteen-year-olds who were born in the Bristol area in 1991 or 1992 and are being followed by Bristol's children of the 90s study. That's right, 90s babies. The researchers statistically adjusted to adjusted the data to make the millennium group comparable to the Bristol-born teenagers. They then looked at the prevalence in each group of mental health, mental ill health, substance use, antisocial behavior, poor sleep patterns, and weight problems. Levels of depression had increased from 9% for, for young people born in the early 1990s, to almost 15% for those born at the turn of the millennium. Rates of self-harm had also risen from 12% to 14% over a decade, while girls from both groups were more likely than boys to be depressed and to self-harm. The rate at which these problems were rising was the same for both genders. Conversely, the researchers found that antisocial behaviors and social substance abuse uh, which have been recognized as predicting poor adolescent mental health in previous studies, has decreased over 10 years. Rates of 14-year-olds punching or kicking someone on purpose had dropped from about 40% to, 40% to 28%, and teenagers committing acts of vandalism had decreased 6% to 2% over a decade. 
dang, people aren't aren't there going to do graffiti. They ain't they ain't doing graffiti. Oh man, not tagging up spots. Oh, don't have stomping grounds. Well, you know, that, that, that's, I suppose that's what it is. But that's the difference. It, it truly is a generational thing. I don't want to sound like an old fart, but look at the Cartoon Network, man. Look at what people are watching these days. What they're feeding themselves. What they're what they're entertaining. You see. I know, that all sounds weird, but this is the mindset that's being propagated. Depreciate yourself, hate yourself, kill yourself. Play Call of Duty millions of times, die, hate yourself more. Hate, hate, hate. Depressed, depressed, depressed. And a lot of it too is psychosomatic. A lot of people induce a lot of problems. They say, oh, I'm messed up. And then because they tell themselves these things, they don't ever learn how to love themselves. They don't ever learn how to empower themselves. They don't ever learn how to take that extra step. I, I, I truly feel like I need to do, I feel like I need to do like a whole separate series on just like motivational stuff because I'm like a ball, I'm like a ball of energy and I'm always happy. And I see so many people so sad all the time that I feel like I just want to, I just want to give them like a CD of happiness and be like, go be happy. Let me help you. Here's what you need. Here's the, here's the giggle song. Go do this. Here's the motivation song. Go do this. People have people are lost. I'm not going to lie. Could it be a spiritual thing? No doubt. Is it a mental thing? For sure. Emotional? Oh, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. People don't want to be happy. People, it, it, I, I have looked at this mental health issue thing, and I really do think I want to take a stab at it uh, to some degree because, you know, we talked about that even in relation to uh, the first segment how they're trying to use the First Amendment to get rid of the Second Amendment, using your mental health uh, as, as, as basically like a prerequisite. And now here we are talking about how your mental health plays a huge aspect in this as well. Uh, and, and basically the mindscape warfare, they're trying to depreciate you, demoralize you, and put you in a state of subservience. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to tell you, you are a beautiful and powerful individual. You are a multidimensional being in so many different ways. In politics, this, real, this, this world here... It's only one minutia of what you should really be putting your energy and attention into. I don't know. Maybe if we get, if we get a decent amount of feedback on the idea, we may do uh, a, a separate series going over just that. But to, uh, to try to close out this segment for you guys, check this out. Uh, at a Japanese temple, they created an AI version of a Buddhist deity, a robot god. And... I'm going to play the clip for the for the, uh, the video listeners, and I'll describe it for audio listeners. You know, you have Buddhist monks bowing to essentially what would be a Japanese Sophia. And for people who don't know what Sophia is, she is a humanoid robot, uh, and that's all. That, that that's basically it. Now, before I get into this article, I want to say real quick that when you hear people like Elon Musk say they want to have like an AI god. They want to create the Godhead. You know, they want to unleash the demon. This is the type of stuff they're talking about. When the Bible says, oh, that you're all going to receive the mark of the beast, and then you're going to see his image everywhere. It's going to be projected everywhere. Oh, this this is it. This, this, this is the precursors. The idea of a robot God, something that is just like man-made, that's got all this information, access to the Internet, telling you what you want to hear. That's very, 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 very dangerous. That's all I'm saying. And we're going to see more of this. I think uh, in Italy or the Vatican, I remember them doing like a, what was it? It was like a, it was like a confession bot, like a prayer bot 
where they allow where they where they put like a uh, a robot inside one of those confessional booths, and that's the idea. Uh, there's there's a lot of different things to look at with just just this issue alone, uh, but I wanted to insert this here into the Mindscape Warfare to show how now we're beginning to worship creation and not the creator. And when you do that, that's basically like that's that's basically saying you believe in Frankenstein's monster, which isn't even Doctor Frankenstein, which isn't even uh, f- the monster because the monster itself is an amalgamation of a lot of different people. You're worshiping the creation of a creation. You're wor- you're not even worshiping the fact that we, are, we that we come from a creator. You see, and so the and the teachings that the creator teach us, not the teachings of the creation's creation. You see, this is it. it it's crazy. Uh, the levels of this, but that's why I say it's mindscape warfare. Let me get into this article. It's by uh, Ricky Scaparo of Head End Times Headlines. We put this up February 25th. It says the humanoid robot is modeled after Canon Bodhisattva, the Buddhist goddess of, mer- of mercy. The robot's name is Minder, and it gives its first speech on the Heart Sutra, a key scripture in the Buddhist teaching. The Japan Times reported that the teaching spoke spoken by the robot offer a path to quote overcome all fear destroy all wrong perceptions and realize perfect nirvana as minder gives its speech on the heart sutra and humanity english and chinese subtitles were projected on the wall as music played in the background the chief steward of the temple in kyoto's higashima ward uh, tensho goto during a news conference said quote if an image of buddha speaks teachings of buddhism will probably be easier to understand he added, quote, we want many people to come and see the robot to think about the essence of Buddhism. Another official connected to the temple explained how the robot would, quote, help people who usually have little connection with Buddhism to take an interest in the religion. Minder, which is, in, which is about 195 centimeters tall and weighs 60 kilograms, was constructed by a Tokyo-based eight-lab company. It is primarily made of aluminum with silicon for, used for its face and hands. The robot will be revealed to the public between March 6th and March 8th, or May 8th. Japanese researchers have been developing robots to revolutionize labor within Japan. Uses for burgeoning technology, including teaching children, comforting the sick and aged, and disposing hazardous, disposing of hazardous waste material. Uh, for instance, a new a robot is to be deployed by TEPCO for the first contact with melted fuel from the Fukushima nu- number one uh, nuclear dia- disaster. Kentaro Yoshifuji, the chief executive of Orilab, announced the development of a waiter robot at a cafe in Tokyo. The Japanese government has always has already introduced robots at a railway system to monitor the areas for lost belongings or suspicious objects. We've actually, uh, in our video library, there is a, a, a clip we have of a a, a, a a robot waiting staff that is being piloted by people who are bedridden by quadriplegics uh it's they 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 basically go into these these beds and then using only their eyes they're able to operate the robot uh they're able to go to work and i say that in air quotes they hop in the in the pod they send the robot to uh the 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 store and then just like that the robot uh acts as an as an avatar for the person so now these people who normally otherwise wouldn't have jobs or have a sense of purpose or a sense of meaning they can now interact with the real world via these types of avatars. And this is just happening now. This isn't science fiction. This isn't some kind of joke. This is happening in Japan. So when they talk about a AI robot god, 
you slowly start to see us giving over our intelligence, giving over our sovereignty, our divinity, you see, to this creation, to this silicon, to this aluminum, you see. And that's where we really have to think about this. Where does this end? Well, I'll show you right here and then we'll take a quick break. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it ends with you getting a, a chip and the syringe is about the size of two times the needle that they use to. Oh, oh, it's happening. Okay. What you're seeing, audio listeners, I'll describe it for you, is somebody being implanted with a microchip on stage. The chip is the size of maybe a grain of sand or two, and it's covered in a material that's biocompatible so our body doesn't degrade it over time. All right. Now that it's done and you can't go back, why did you do this? I did it basically for two, two main things. First, because it's super, for me, very useful because I have a domotic house, I can open the door at the same time that. Huh, for convenience, essentially. Can you see the light? <laughs> okay, so... A man received a microchip implant live on stage at the Mobile World Congress technology event in Barcelona, Spain. Put this up February 26th. It's by Jeffrey Greider of Now the End Begins. Think about that. At the, world, at the Mobile World Congress technology event held in Barcelona on Monday, a man named Edgar Pongs volunteered to have a microchip inserted under his skin live on stage. Think about that. That's where it ends. I could go off all day about microchips, about the RFID chip plan, about how it messes with your biofrequency, how it's supposed to, how not only it receives data, but it transmits data, how it's now locked into this man's genetic, uh, it's, it's locked into this man's genetic code. It now knows his biology. You see, he has now interfaced with the machine. And we're going to start seeing a lot of this happen, to be honest. We're, we're going to start seeing a lot of people getting chipped, a lot of people sub submitting different parts of themselves to the beast. And I really, oh, man, you see, this is why we need to start doing more shows because I want to explain a lot more about a lot of these different types of things because so much is coming out. It's, it, it, it's crazy. It truly is crazy. But think about this. Think about everything I've been telling you guys, not only for this episode, but for the, for the, for the whole time that we've done this. This is biblical prophecy literally unfolding in front of you. This is the new world order. You see. AI gods. Uh, commands from your phone telling you to kill yourself. You've become a criminal simply because you want to defend yourself. This is the, this is the great inversion where evil is good and good is evil. But what's going to happen is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the push for world government. Things like New Jersey taxing rain, uh, 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 an organic diet that has reduced a family's pesticide levels by 60%. And obviously, I am gonna, I'm really going to get into this whole uh, AOC declaring that people need to not have babies. That uh, We're, 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 we're going to talk about that. That is actually major. That's why I saved that for the end, because that is emblematic of everything these people are trying to tell you. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this.
That's it. That's right. Final segment. Uh, well, you know, I had I, I just want to start doing more shows. I think that's it. More shows. We're doing more Instagram lives. We're doing more of the mini casts. I need to set aside time to do more of the the occult worlds, more series, more of everything. Like I told you guys before, I went on this two week break. I need to figure out a better delivery system because I am gearing up to just boosh, immerse myself in this and say, this is the work. This is what we're doing. We're changing it. We're making things happen. We're making moves. I like I, I say I know I say this all the time, but I really don't think I, I get it. Uh, I, I still think of myself as just like an average day researcher, somebody that's putting together content and talking about this type of stuff. I don't understand my influence. Uh, apparently I have some pool. That's cool. People want me to be credible. I never will be the way that they want me to be. I just want to put this stuff out here. I want to talk about this type of stuff. I want to say, what do you think? What's your perspective? What do you, what's your solution? That's, that's it. And I, I get into this mode where I just I, I want to start talking about it all, and I don't have enough time. And, and I, I tell you guys, a week and, and fellowship and freedom is not enough. So what you're hearing right now is frustration with myself, but dedication to you because we're going to improve. And with that being said, let's start talking about the push for world government. Now, recently, and as always, everything this pope has done has been nothing but for the advancement of the one world religion, the one world government, And he doesn't speak on the one world uh, military, but everything Pope Francis has done has essentially been an advocacy of the one of of the new world order. This Pope, he's not a Pope, man. He's an agent. He's a Jesuit. We don't even, I I forget the, uh, the black Pope's name, but you know, he's not even the real Pope. This guy, this guy, man, this guy. Uh, but uh, before a few weeks ago, uh, Pope Francis was at the World Government Summit in Dubai, uh, doing all kinds of different things, talking about being in a global village, taking care of yourself, com- community, communism, all this other stuff. And I don't think a lot of people catch that got to think about how much influence the catholic church has how much money the catholic church has and everything else that comes with it he encouraged the world to embrace the sustainable development agenda this pope as i have been saying since the beginning is nothing but an agent for agenda 21 and agenda 2030 this dude is satanic he wants that world government because he can control it. But here's what's going to happen. I'm going to play for you guys this quick clip of him speaking at the summit saying we need to embrace uh, embrace all of, the, all, of the, all of the values that are put forth in Agenda 21. And then I'm going to get into this article uh, afterwards. Or, and, and I won't play it for uh, very long because he's speaking Italian. Um, but just so you guys understand what's going on. Peace be with you. I send you greetings and best wishes for your work. I carry in my heart 
the visit I have just made to the United Emirates and warm welcome I received. I encountered a modern country which is looking to the future without forgetting its roots. I saw a country seeking to transform its concrete initiatives and actions, the words tolerance, fraternity, mutual respect, and freedom. So I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and just cut cut you off there, Pope Francis, because I just I can't I can't uh, I don't want to keep reading the, tr the, the the translations and hearing his lies. Um, basically, you know what what you're gonna hear is the whole austerity speech, how we have to come together. Oh, how we need more of a borderless world. Oh, Pope Francis is gonna take care of us. Oh, it'll it'll be so great. Oh, all the pedophile priests that he knew about. Oh, they all have the same vision of God. Give us your children. Like, think about this. Protect the this is what he's saying right now. Protect the environment and the use of technology. We need to push towards sustainable development. It is my sincere hope that the question underlying your reflections will not only be. What are the best opportunities to take advantage of? But what kind of world do we want to build together? This question leads us to think of people and of persons rather than capital and the economic interests. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, oh, man. So basically what, what and you see AOC doing this, you see all these people doing this, uh, Governor Jerry Brown did this before he left office. This is the resource. This is resource management. This is environmentalism. This is what I mean by these eco-fascists, by these people who are saying, "Okay, human life means nothing. We need to protect the planet." This is that what I mean by that anti-human agenda. We'll be going over all of it in this in this in this uh, segment in depth. Pope Francis is basically the arbiter. When I talk about this guy having faux, faux compassion, that's what I mean right there. This dude's got like 50-foot walls up around like around him, and he's talking about being more communal. And that's how all these politicians are. I mean, that's how Nancy Pelosi was doing it. Like, it, it, it's, it's interesting. It is, it is interesting. Let me get into this article right here, uh, and they talk about it. Very well. This is by Michael Snyder from the Freedom Outpost. They put this up February 11th. It says, Pope encourages the World Government Summit to, to enthusiastically embrace sustainable development. Just days after the Pope signed the most important interfaith document in history, he had the opportunity to address global po po political leaders by video at the World Government Summit in Dubai. During his remarks, he once again stressed the need for global unity, and he encouraged those attending to embrace quote, sustainable development. But he also stressed that sustainable development will never succeed without solidarity. Of course, most Americans don't even know that, <laughs> that a world government summit even exists because the mainstream media in the U.S. doesn't really talk about it. But it actually is a very big deal. And obviously, the Pope feels very strongly about what they, need, what they are trying to do because he took the time out of his very busy schedule to record a video message for them, the one that you guys saw me playing earlier. World leaders are currently meeting 
at the World Government Summit taking place in Dubai from the 12th of, from the 10th of February to the 12th of February. And in his video message, Pope Francis greets those participating in the summit and recalls his own visit to the United Arab Emirates earlier this month. Quote, I encountered a modern country which is looking to the future without forgetting its roots, he said. I also, I, I, I also saw how even in the desert the flowers spring up and grow. I returned home with the hope that many deserts in the world can bloom like this. The World Government Summit is like an annual event, and it attracts leaders from all over the world that are interested in more integrated planet. And just think about that. This is, this is right after they had Davos, right after you had like world leaders saying, oh, what are we going to do about wealth inequality? Huh. You have some of the richest people in the world talking about what they're going to do about wealth inequality. And then, literally a month after, you have someone like Pope Francis saying, hey, we need to work together. We need a world government. We need to focus on sustainable development. You see, sustainable development, Green New Deal. All of it, as I've said before, leading up to this is just that. Resource management, environmental control, government mandated environmental control. And I'm all, I'm, I'm all for protecting the earth, but I guess I would not want the government to protect anything because I don't trust. Well, I, you know, I'm not even going to say it. They're going to bumble up anything they touch. But since we're talking about environmentalism, things like this, uh, you know, this is this is the one world religion where we will all begin to care about the earth rather than, as I said before, the creator. This is why I'm using these terms because right now, before this is what I have. The minute I learn more and and, uh, and other words that can describe this, that's it. We're worshiping the creation, and not the creator. And some people say, "Well, what's wrong with that?" Uh, well, we, we will discuss that as more stuff evolves, as more stuff is revealed to us. Uh, I, I, I wanted to talk about this in relation to, and you, you guys should go listen to that episode, that post-debate roundup with Jay. Prior to him coming in, I got into, I got into it talking about things like the United Nations agenda, how it looked like a flat earth map, and why is this being rolled out now? Why is it that they're, they're trying to control just what's inside of these circles now? Is it because flat earth is the easiest way to incept people with the ideology of being conscious about just the earth? Is this a way to plant the seed of the one world religion without us even knowing? Is this how we begin to become responsible for other people and our own actions? You see, resource management. Because if we live in, in, in a dome where there's finite amount of resources available to us, still promoting that scarcity mindset, still within this, this, this sustainable, sustainable development agenda that they're trying to put out there, if we all become conscious of what we're doing, you're going to become uh, aware of your usage of energy, your usage of water, your usage of electricity, and boom, just like that, we become the eco-fascists that I keep trying to tell you guys about. And so it's an incremental thing. Why do you think we're talking about Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 in such like a, f a fevered uh, uh, way? Because it's right around the corner, yet people can't see how it's already implemented. But what's going to happen is I'm going to play for you guys this clip of how this family was able to reduce their pesticide levels by 60% 60, 60 by switching to an organic diet. That's how it's going to work. They're going to say, okay, so all of the meat and things, it's getting poisoned, it's getting pesticides, it's getting uh, uh, all these things in it, hormones, chemicals, blah. 
no more. So they're going to switch you to what? And this is unfortunate. This is this is this is why Charles is catching so much slack is because they're going to switch you to this plant-based vegan diet. When you've got to understand the levels that he's speaking at. You see, this is why they want uh, not what is it? It's like fake meat, lab-grown meat, plant-based meat, uh, uh, synthetic meat, and this stuff will not have the same nutritional value as the real stuff. And then on top of that, this is where I come in. I talk about well, what the hell is Bayer and Monsanto doing, teaming up? You have a you have a you have a, a, a pharmaceutical giant and an agricultural giant who have who control a a fair amount of the world's uh, agricultural production now being sprayed with chemicals. So there's a lot of levels to look at with this, and I know I kind of jumped all over the place, but these are all the types of things that you guys have to think about as we move forward into this more environmentally conscious future. Do you ever wonder if organic is worth it? We tested four American families to find out. Can eating organic food really reduce the pesticides we're exposed to? First urine samples are taken of all the family members, and it turns out they have a number of different pesticides in their bodies. Oh, wow. What are we eating? So for one week, they replace all their food with organic. Then another round of samples is taken, and almost all of the pesticides disappear. drop down to that right above zero mark just for the six days like I'm, it makes me wonder like well, what if we do this for a year this study shows that organic works the organic diet dramatically reduces your exposures to pesticides pesticides are poisons and they're designed to be poisons we are detecting more and more pesticides on the food grown in the united states if we were to test every american family we would find pesticides Small exposures do matter. Health problems linked to pesticide exposure are on the rise, including autism, learning disabilities, cancers, infertility, and Parkinson's. If my kids have this much of a change in the numbers, you know, what do other families have? The farm workers are definitely in the front lines. We have an entire community that has suffered the consequences because of the intimate exposure to chemicals. I would like to envision our country being 100% organic. Having the option to organic foods should be something that is available to everybody. The science is clear that organic farming can feed all people, so we have the solution. We need your help in the fight to make organic for all. play for you guys a clip now of uh, basically a lobbyist for <laughs> for um, Monsanto for glyphosate basically saying that yeah he could he would drink the stuff it's so good it's so it's healthy enough man yeah I would I would totally drink the stuff the guy the interviewer is like you want some I got some in the back I'll give you some glyphosate right now I do not believe that glyphosate in Argentina is causing increases in cancer. You can drink a whole quart of it and it won't hurt you. Yes. Uh, you want to drink some? We have some here. I'd be happy to, actually. But it, not, not really, but not really? I know it wouldn't hurt I mean, me. If, if, if you say so, I have some glyphosate. No, no, I'm not stupid. Oh, okay. So you, you, no, but I know, so it's dangerous, I know, right? I know people try to commit suicide with no, it and fail yeah, fairly regularly. Let's... Tell the truth. It's, it's not dangerous, dangerous to humans. No, it's no. not. So are you ready to drink one glass of No, I'm not an idiot. 
interview me about golden rice. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, then it's except, finished. Except, then the interview is finished. That's a, that's a good way to solve things. Yeah. You're a complete jerk. Oh, somebody got a little bit testy there, but let me let me get into this article. This is uh, from Elias Marat of the Mind of Leashed. They put this up February 25th. It says, toxic weed killer found in almost all beer and wine brands, including organic. And before I get into this, I want to say real quick, you know, recently we moved and we have like a quarter of an acre. No, we have like over, we have like half acre. And it's way too much space for me. I'm not going to lie. There's only so much gardening I can do, but I'm definitely going to start gardening, doing the whole agrarian thing, going to nurseries and looking at plants and stuff like that because... Yeah, organic farming could be able to feed us, but if we don't know how to tend to the earth, what good is that going to do? We're handing stuff over to the robots where they're going to spray it with all kinds of chemicals, and I'm just going to get into this article from now. Uh, But the article says, most of the food that we eat makes a long and torturous journey to our tables, often over great distances or from unknown origins. Whether it's factory farmed eggs, processed chicken, fresh fruit from the West Coast, seafood from the East Coast, or a glass of wine, or an ice cold beer, we often assume that we are eating, or what we're eating, is generally healthy, or at least won't harm us if, if enjoyed in moderation. However, a new report by public interest watchdog group USPIRG has revealed that most of the top beers and wines in the United States are contaminated with glyphosate, the main ingredient in Monsanto's weed killer Roundup. And, they, and what's crazy, too, is Roundup is going through, uh, or Monsanto is in trial again this week, because more stuff, more information's come out clearly about how their glyphosate is causing cancer, so they're they're being taken to trial. Because this this stuff is killing people. Like this jerk right here said, "Oh, I don't think, I don't think glyphosate's causing cancers in Argentina." There's like a we. I remember playing for you guys the trailer of genetically modified children who have been uh, uh, altered because of the, the the epigenetic effects of things like of of things like uh, uh, glyphosate. So this this jerk over here calling this guy a jerk is he knows he's a liar. He's projecting degenerate piece of crap money money grubbing crab. Anyway, continuing on, it says Roundup is a controversial herbicide that has been linked to cancer and other health problems in the studies by the by the World Health Organization and the state of California, among others. In recent years, thousands of people have blamed Monsanto for being a key contributor to their cancer leading to calls across the world for the reed killer to be banned. Yeah, it's, it's banned in France. And just last year, Dwayne, uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson received, what was it? It's like $28 million after the lawsuit because, yeah, they gave him cancer. Continuing on, it says the advocacy group tested five wines and 15 beers. Uh, the brands tested included top sellers such as Budweiser's, Coors, Miller Lite, Sam's Adams, Samuel Smith, uh, New Belgium, the wine brands tested included Behringer, Barefoot, Barefoot, and Sutter Home. Uh, out of the 20 brands tested, glyphosate were found in 19 of them, including in three out of four organic beers and wines. Among the beverages with the highest concentration of glyphosate was 2018 Sutter Home Merlot at, fi- at 51.4 parts per billion. Uh, and Tsingtao, a beer from China, which is all right, if you like that, uh, with 49.7 parts per billion. A rather high level when compared with the U.S. beer, with the large amount, which was Coors Light, at 31 parts per bi- 31.1 parts per billion. Organic beverages like 2016 Incari Malbec lagged behind with at 5.3 parts per billion, while 2017 Samuel Smith Lager had 5.7, uh, 
parts per billion. In a statement, organic wine winery Frey uh, Vineyards noted that while it refrains from the use of both herbicides and pesticides, glyphosate in trace amounts is now found in rainwater because of its application conventionally farmed agricultural land. Glyphosate in trace amounts can be found in, two, in many food products across the United States. We urge customers to speak up to ban all the use of glyphosate products. Yeah, because this stuff is like literally killing people. It is deforming people. It is, it is, it is wrecking biology. So it, be, it being found in, in things like Budweiser, this is, a, this is a good thing if you ask me. Moments like this where we can figure out how much we're, we're being affected by something, figuring out that it's in Budweiser, Coors, Miller Lite, Sam Adams, Sam Smith, New Belgium, that's a good thing because now you know what to stay away from. This is a good thing too because now if people who brew their own beer can now look out for these types of things. I see a problem. I immediately think of, an, of a fantastic solution. So yeah, that's found bad, but who's drinking, who's drinking all those types of things? This this is a this is an opportunity for somebody to get their life together. If you ask me, shoot. But uh, speaking of how it, it how it's even getting into rainwater, this just shows how crazy things are. Resource management, the environmentalist aspect of all this stuff. Uh, Agenda twenty one and Agenda twenty thirty, the push for world government. You now have New Jersey trying to tax rainwater. Save it for a rainy day. Some of your hard-earned dollars may be taken away as the weather turns ugly and raindrops fall on the Garden State. A new bill would allow for the creation of local or regional stormwater utilities, giving local counties and municipalities the power to collect a tax from properties with large paved surfaces, such as parking lots. That's businesses and homeowners. Senate President Steve Sweeney. With all the salt that we've had on the roads recently, that's all running into the sewer systems. So you can't ignore problems because they don't go away. The Senate president says most states already have stormwater utilities that collect and filter runoff from storms. In New Jersey, the runoff goes directly into streams, rivers, and bays, carrying with it pollution like lawn fertilizers that contaminate the waterways. Former governor and current state senator Richard Cody says it's necessary. A lot of our economy is based on obviously the shore. we got to make sure we keep it that way. These homeowners aren't a fan of the plan. They're crazy as it is. There's, there's too much taxes in New Jersey. Why would we want to, you know, get more taxes, especially on cement? They shouldn't go any higher. It's not fair. Some Republicans have dubbed the bill the rain tax, saying another tax makes New Jersey even more unaffordable. And State Senator Tom Kane Jr. agrees. We all want to protect our environment. We all want to preserve future generations. But this is a a way to tax the citizens of New Jersey with, really with no oversight. What do you say to taxpayers who say, I can't afford to be taxed again? It's, it's a small cost uh, to live safely. Other supporters say creating these utilities would help reduce flooding caused by storms. In Elizabeth, New Jersey, Meg Baker, CBS 2 News. The bill passed in the Senate and the Assembly and now heads to Governor Murphy's desk. Wow. So there you have it. Uh, paying for our, trying to prepare for our next generation. Well, I think that's a good place to pivot into AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, speaking on reproduction. It's going to be a disaster if we don't turn the ship around. And so it's basically like there's scientific consensus 
that the lives of children are going to be very difficult. And it does lead, I think, young people to have a legitimate question, you know, should, is it okay to still have children? And I mean, not just financially, because people are graduating with twenty, thirty, a hundred thousand dollars worth of student loan debt, and so they can't even afford to have kids in a house, but also just this basic moral question, like what do we do? And and even if you don't have kids, there are still children here in the world and we have a moral obligation to them and uh, to leave a better world for them. And this idea that if we just, you know, I've been working on this for X amount of years, um, it's like not good enough. Like we need a universal sense of urgency and people are trying to like introduce watered down proposals that are frankly going to kill us. A lack of urgency is going to kill us. It doesn't matter if you agree that climate change is an important issue. If, at, at this point, it doesn't matter. If you if you believe climate change is a problem, that's not even the issue. It's, it's the issue is how urgently you feel we need to fix it. And if you do not have a sense of urgency to try to turn this around in 10 years, how is that different than a person who's just... Well, all I'm going to suggest to you guys is to go check out the full clip, if you can. Uh, ironically enough, this chick did a Instagram Live the same, at the same time I was doing mine. I just find that strange. Because she'll go ahead and make world news talking about how, look, you don't need to have kids. Look, the world's going to be pretty rough in 10 years. You should just not have kids now. I Slow down. Uh Last year, I remember, Technocracy News put out like an article uh, basically covering ABC saying how people do not need to have any more kids. The earth is overpopulated as is. Uh, the greenhouse, the, their, carbon, their carbon footprint of kids is, is bad. She's basically, this is, this is the ideology that's being put out there, okay? And we've talked about this in depth. I'm, I, 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 I save this for the end because I'm going to bring this up with other with other instances in the future. You are literally hearing an anti-human agenda being pushed on you. We heard, think about this, within the past two weeks that I haven't been doing things, we've we've heard that people are super down for late-term abortion, third-term third trimester abortions, after-birth abortions, euthanasia, and now you have this woman who's like, you know what? Yeah, I could back down. I could say this stuff is crazy. Oh, we don't really think that. She says, well. If you really care about the planet, you really shouldn't have kids. Think about that. She decided to take the other route. She didn't decide to backtrack and say, oh, you know, we don't really want to kill babies. We don't really, you know, want to do that. She's like, you know what? No, we do want you to not have kids. You're a problem. And I talk about it all the time. Uh, Pennsylvania De or Democratic, Pennsylvania Democratic congressional candidate Scott Wallace, how he's just like, hey, you know what? People that have more than two kids, they're irresponsible breeders. We need to tax them. This is what I mean by this anti-human agenda. This is why I'm pushing for a pro-human future because you have people like AOC running around telling you, you do not need to have kids. Yes, the world is going to be hard. Why don't we start trying to fix it now? You want a sense of urgency? Fix it now. Fix it. We have, we have the time. And you think climate change is the, is the primary thing. She's run around the entire, she's run around the country fear-mongering saying that the world's going to end in 10 years. The world's going to end in 10 years. The world's going to end in 10 years. And people are like, oh my, oh, oh my God, what is she talking about? 
what, what, what is she talking about? She's talking about Agenda 2030. She's talking about sustainable development. That's why she wants so much control over everything. They, they are literally talking about what? Controlling the resources, right? right? Water, electricity. Uh, they'll control transportation. They'll even control reproduction. They want to get rid of airplane travel. They want to they want to have us in all kinds of tubes where we're going across the uh, in these deep underground military bases, or in these 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 uh, these boring companies uh, as provided by Elon Musk. They want to take over everything. And then what happens? You have Governor Northam, uh, Ralph Northam of Virginia, talking about keeping the babies warm, keeping them comfortable. Because we now, we've now figured out that these people are tied into organ trafficking. There was an article that came out this week of how, or, uh, uh, what was it? It was like Obama era, Obama era, um, it was Obama mega donors that got caught by ICE. They, they trafficked in, a, in, a, in aborted body parts. Check that right there. Roberto and William Isaias, 74 and 75, were detained in were detained Wednesday in Miami, Florida, for trafficking organs. That's what these people are. That's what they do. That's why sometimes. That's why when I get up there and I start talking and looking at this this, this stuff specifically, they're 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 conditioning us. They're testing us. They're saying how how will they react? If we tell them we want to kill and harvest the organs of babies, how will they react if we tell them outright, if you care about the earth, stop having kids? Think about this. They're just pushing you. Will they react this way? Will they react this way? What will they do? This is evil stuff. At the end of the day, who has the right to tell you not to not to procreate? That is such a divine. That is that being being able to uh, continue the human lineage is such a right and an honor that for someone to tell you not to perpetuate uh, the sacred act, which has brought us all here, is I uh, don't even I literally don't even know what to say. And then they put her up here on Instagram live like she's chopping food, like she knows how to cook. Look at this. Look at her like she knows how to like. A, oh, my gosh. Like she knows how to cook. This is the same stuff that Bill Gates talked about in his COPSEC formula with the death panels, with the killing of children, with the killing of granny. Like, like I said, she didn't back down. She said, you know what? Oh, they found out that we, that we want to kill babies, that we want to harvest organs. She said, well, here's, here's how we do damage control. Let's just go right out there and tell them, hey, if you care about the earth, don't have kids. Because their carbon footprint's going to be pretty devastating. And you know what? The world's going to be bad. You know what? Actually, because you screwed up and, and, and got a worthless degree, right? Because you tacked on $50,000 debt, you shouldn't have kids. So there you go again with that irresponsible breeders talk to where we're somehow the bad guys. And these people up here, these, 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 oh, these plants, these shills, these puppets, how they have the right to, to, to hand down this type of stuff to us? Let me get into this article. We put this up three days ago. It's by Ryan Severa, Severda of Technocracy News. They put this up February 25th. It says, Ocasio-Cortez is spouting from the Agenda 21 Sustainable Development Playbook, a.k.a. the technocracy. The UN calls for population reduction and floats propaganda encouraging couples to forego having children to make it easier for Mother Earth. AOC is simply showing 
the uber-radical face of technocracy, Democratic Socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democrat from New York, suggested on Sunday night, that's right, Sunday night, like literally as I was talking to Jay and Charles as they were having their fantastic discussion, Sunday night that people should, should, should consider not having children due to climate change because there's a scientific consensus that the life of, will, will be hard for kids. I have to break this down. I have to slow, I have to slow myself down from getting caught emotionally and reacting and being triggered essentially to, to breaking down the article. You, you've got to understand this is what they're talking about uh, when they say things like when, 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 when they're talking about autism, when they're talking about CRISPR-Cas9, genetically modified children and babies and things of this nature. They already realize for individuals who are, who are just regular day citizens, who are just doing what they do, they're, 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 they're killing the, whichever babies they don't kill with the abortion, they're going to try to poison with the vaccines. This is the harsh reality of the truth that, that we have to look at. And then once they get here, they try to scramble their brains with this, with, with Common Core, with Drag Queen Story Hour, uh, with whatever else, with the Momo Challenge, with whatever else leaks into the children. And so then you know what? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is like, well, let's just stop all that. Let's just stop having kids. And think about this. So now that we have these autistic, mentally and emotionally uh, 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 weakened people, right? They're just, they're, they're going to pervert them. They're going to distort them. They're going to dehumanize them. So what would be the, how would, how would you continue civilization? Because they're trying to, they're trying to cancel it. These technocrats, these people think, well, the best way to continue civilization is to cancel it. We will create a whole new race. This is why they're, this is why they're instituting things like designer babies. As I said before, CRISPR-Cas9 infused humans, uh, super soldiers. This is Gattaca. So regular day, normal humans like us, they're going to try to poison and, 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 and distort and mess with the fetus. Killing, killing our children, smothering them in the womb. And then for the ones that make it through, that are protected, I'm sure if Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez decides to have a child, she will have it go through some kind of gene therapy or through something to where they can uh, uh, modify its genes to have the perfect outcome. You see, this is the transhumanist stuff. This is that anti-human agenda that these, these people are pushing, that the United Nations is pushing. That we should know, that's why I say the decision has been made. There will be no more normal humans. This is what they're trying to do. Quote, our planet is going to hit disaster if we don't turn this ship around. And so it's basically like, like, you know, like there's like a like scientific consensus that the lives of children are going to be very difficult. Ocasio-Cortez said while chopping up food in her kitchen during an Instagram live video, quote, and it does lead to, th and it does lead, I think, young people to have a legitimate question, you know, is it okay to still have children? Ocasio-Cortez then took a shot at Senator Dianne Feinstein, the Democrat from California, over an incident that happened in Feinstein's office on Friday when a far-left fringe group tried to pressure Feinstein into supporting the Green New Deal. You know what's interesting about this group, Feinstein told the group on Friday? In response to the group storming into her office, I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here, you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that, Feinstein continued. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote plurality. Plurality. Blah. And I know what I'm doing. So you know, maybe people should listen a bit. Ocasio-Cortez said Feinstein's response was like, not good enough. Because the legislation that the Democrats support is frankly going to kill us. 
this idea that I've been working for an X amount of years um, is, like, not good enough, Ocasio-Cortez said. Like, we need, like, a universal sense, like, and people are, like, trying to introduce watered-down proposals that are, frankly, going to kill us. A lack of urgency is going to kill us. So this is the type of bull crap that this chick's saying, seriously. And I, and I, and I hear her, but I also see her. I hear her, and I feel her, you see. And so when she's getting up there doing these dances, you've, you've got to understand what they're trying to tell you. That's why she, she is the Bernie Sanders of our generation. She is out there saying everything that they need to say. That's why Bernie said, you guys want free college? Millennials were like, yeah, dude, for sure. You want, you, you want free health care? Millennials were like, dude, can you do that? It's like, yeah, for sure. So now we got all these people hyped up for free education and free health care. You've heard me talk about that before, how they can basically indoctrinate you and then keep you alive, turn you into one of them, and then basically give you everything you need to stay alive so you can make more of them. But you see, that's, what, that's how it is. You see how the state, how government is now getting involved in reproduction with stuff like this. So then they, they roll out AOC. They roll out Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the, the, the chick from the Bronx. She's from New York, yo. She's she's cool. She's she's relevant. And she's like, look, guys, we like need to do like something different. Like climate change, like is our World War Two. And like, if we don't like fix this, bros, we're all going to like die. I'm this. I I can't even I literally don't even know what to say to that, because not only is it not her, it's the United Nations Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 that she's parroting. And because they had somebody like Bernie Sanders come in and basically get all get get everybody all hyped up, they said, you know what? What would put the cherry on top of this? Because the kids like nature these days. The kids like the hiking and the nature and the outsides and the woodlands. Let's talk about environmentalism. Let's yeah. And so they were like, let's make this chick. Let's get let's get her from the East Coast. We'll get her all young. We'll 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 have her have all these values and we'll, we'll make her seem normal. And then we'll tell the world, hey, look, we need to do better. And people are eating it up. Everything that comes out of her mouth is gold to people that don't have discernment, who don't have that filtration process. This, basic, this woman basically told you and children, do not have any more kids. It's bad for the earth. But move into these cities to where you're easily controlled. Do not have any more children. In fact, there's still children here on the earth that you could take. Huh? If you don't want to have kids, how about you take someone else's? If the, and, and that's the mindset of like a socialist of the common, of the modern day democratic socialist, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You see. That's why this is so dangerous. Because of all of the different things this represents. I wanted to, I wanted to wrap this episode up talking about Jeff Bezos' space plan, uh, humanity backing up information being sent to the moon, and a civilizational collapse, but we ran out of time. And I think the best way to summarize it is you see these people, you see this breakaway civilization, you see the military industrial complex launching all this stuff, and you see everywhere else depreciating in value. You see the rich elites slowly siphoning off money from the masses to create just that, that breakaway civilization. They are called the deep state to some degree, only to some degree. We have all of these other issues going on. And yet we choose to practice escapism. Yet we choose to ignore them. And we have a lot of different things lined up, not only for the show, but for the future as well. And we have to, because if we don't begin to take everything that these people are taking serious, 
because they're not they're not backing down. As I said before, they're removing their mask. They're revealing who they truly are. And some people cannot they can't fathom it. They say, "Well, this is too this is too much." This is too much. This is why I try to pack this with as much information as possible so you guys understand that there is a comprehensive view about where we are at right now, a real consensus of going on where we are right now. And most people who have the general public's heart at our, who have the general public's uh, best heart and mind are trying to do what they can to help it. This has been the first episode since we've been back. I'm fired up. I have all kinds of stuff that I'm trying to get out to you guys. But however, that's all I really have for this edition. This is instigating insurrection, mindscape warfare, and the push for global government. The push for world government. Yeah, I just it, it'll take some bit getting back to it, but uh, it'll, it'll it'll take a bit. Thank you guys for tuning in. That's all I really have for you guys and cows. I know, kind of jumbled, kind of all over the place, a little bit inconsistent, and a whole lot of rambles, but I, I feel like you guys should be used to this to some degree. I know that's not an excuse. All that really means is that we're going to step our game up to try to provide you guys with excellent content. What I'm quickly learning is that it's not just us out here doing this type of work and that other people are joining up. You know, you never think about the trail you leave whenever you're over here just trying to get as much done as possible. And all the reflecting I'm doing, I'm starting to see how many different people we have in the fight and the amount of work that it's going to take and the army that we're creating. That's the good thing about kind of taking a break. You're able to get caught up to yourself. We're always like a week or two in advance. But I digress. Like I said, I'll put the question of the day link in the description bar below, as well as the debate with Charles, Casson, and uh, Jay uh, about Flat Earth, because phenomenal stuff. Uh, I'd like to leave it off with this. What Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is saying is idiocracy. If we literally do not start thinking deeper about all the issues that we're being faced with, getting our heads in the game, stop letting them manipulate us, we will literally position ourselves to a position to where we can't get back. However, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And if you really want to th help out the operation, think about becoming a Patreon exclusive member. We have all kinds of different options to help you guys, and we're going to be launching a separate show to cater to those amazing people that have helped us get this far. But like I said, that's all I really have. Stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction.
Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.